This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Welcome to the show. Uh, just before we get started, uh, it is apparently of, 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 a, of a temperature over in Canada right now. Joel is, uh, it is sweltering, and so if you hear a hum in the background, it's due to the air conditioner, and it's unavoidable. It can't be yeah. helped. Uh, I guarantee you, when it becomes like July-August here in Jersey... <laughs> I'm going to have something running because we have a little portable heater that makes no sound. I don't have, they don't make quiet, burning air conditioners yet. But they, they do not. Do, let me tell you, I'll be all over it. Uh, so today's topic, we're going to talk about event do-overs. And what does that mm-hmm. mean? What are we talking about here? Basically, there have been a lot of comic book events, not just the ones that you know about, the ones that you remember from like 2006 onward. We're talking about mm. comic book events from all many, many decades across comic book history that have been done, that had really neat ideas, that maybe just, oh, yeah. they just didn't have the right talent or the right mentality, the right audience for mm-hmm. that kind of event. It just, for whatever reason, didn't land, it didn't work, it didn't hit. Maybe it worked for a lot of people, but not for many of us. And so I thought what we'd do is we'd, we'd take a look back, see a couple of events that have occurred that were like, you know, it'd be fun if they did them over again, just, yeah. and not even like a spiritual successor. I was thinking about Grim Hunt and Craven's Last Hunt. Oh and yeah. The Hunted. Oh yeah. And how like, okay, so like. It's basically a do-over, is it? It's basically a do-over of Grim Hunt and trying to give the teeth, forgive the pun, back to Craven's Last Hunt. While Indeed. also like appeasing Marvel editorial. And I was thinking like, that's kind of funny and ballsy. But it like, was. But like, what if what if you just what if you just di- just straight up went no 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 we're just gonna do it again and we're gonna mm-hmm. like pretend it didn't happen or we're gonna give like a quick wink and a nod to the previous one just just we're gonna do it again it this needs, time with feeling yeah this time with like structure better art because some of them like some of these events are pretty awesome oh yeah but just didn't have the right writer or the right artist behind it agree. Uh, after Joel wakes up, we're going to be talking about this. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you're tired. It's all right. Um, but before we do, I want to uh, do our little spiel before we start every episode, of course. Uh, by the way, if you want to chat, collaborate, hang out with us on the show, we encourage you to do so by using the Super Chats. That's our way of being able to make this a collaborative show. And the reason we encourage the Super Chats is because the major chat, it's harder to identify which conversations are being like I, you know, noticed. I'm trying to like catch a, a comment. I want to know who's saying it. Also, the super chats uh, help us pay the bills, and so I encourage that the most. Uh, speaking of paying bills, by the way, you go to YouTube or Patreon.com/slash/ComicPop. ComicPop created some new tiers. Go check them out uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing. So yeah, nice. Uh, let's jump into it. Uh, before we do, Phil Garnhart just helping us out, chucking us a buck. Thank you, Phil. So, Joel, um, I know you, you have like one good one, so I want to I wanna save it. I don't want, I don't want you to okay. blow your wad right off the bat. Appreciate you know, so it. We're going to have some tantric podcasting going on right now. Uh, for me, there was a couple... There, this, this event is so near and dear to my heart, or this concept, because I'm like, there are so many 
events that I'm like, man, what a missed opportunity. Um, I was thinking specifically of a story. Uh, I don't know if anybody else read it, but it came out in like the late 80s, and it was called Secret Wars 2. Oh, yes. I like Secret Wars 1. It's an action figure commercial. Sure is. I, like, I get it, but it's kind of fun. It's got some great art. It's got some neat concepts. It inspired so much. I wouldn't oh, yeah. want to screw with it, especially because, like, they already kind of did a book called Secret Wars again that everybody they did. really kind of enjoyed. <laughs> Although, you know, that one really blew up the concept and basically kept the name and nothing else. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. It's in no way a do-over. That's literally just like, I like the name a lot. I want to just use that again. But then there's this other terrible event called Secret Wars 2 in which the Beyonder comes to Earth and he's like, you know what? I, I, I got more to say. I got more <laughs> going on. And you know what? We didn't use nearly as many action figures as we could have in the last <laughs> event. So Secret Wars 2, just this horrendous story that was clearly a cash grab, didn't really help anybody. Uh, but like there were some neat concepts in it, some neat ideas that could be played out. Uh, for example, you could really play with like the 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 mythology of the Beyonder. You could really play mm. with the whole concept of the Beyonder being like, I'm this omnipotent being. I'm seemingly alone in the universe. What does that mean? And what can I? What can slash nay? What should I do with this with this omnipotence? Right, right. Uh, the the moment that everyone remembers from Secret Wars two is the moment where uh, the Beyonder destroys ba- Spider Man's bathroom. <laughs> uh, the Beyonder goes to Peter Parker's house. It's like, you're a regular guy, albeit with extraordinary powers and abilities, but you seemingly want to live like a regular person. I don't understand that. I have nine minutes. I'm, I'm practically a god, and I, don't, I, I couldn't imagine living any other way. You're, you're a god compared to the regular Joe, yet you all you want to do is be that. Like, just that conceit alone is the kind of germ of an idea that can create an event. I mean, like, literally, yeah. it's just, what if God wanted to be a human? That's the pitch. Because basically, pretty solid. that's every event. What if, you know, mutants didn't exist anymore? You know, what if uh, superheroes needed therapy? You know, the, all these concepts are event inspirers. They're the match that lays Definitely. the flame of an unstoppable event. But Secret Wars 2, missed opportunity. Just a big, fat, stupid, steaming pile of crap that event Definitely. Is. You know, that actually reminds me of another one. Similarly, same germ of an idea. Uh, do you remember the super terrible JLA Act of God from like a couple of years ago? Act of God, I don't remember. I thought you were going to say cry, cry for justice. Uh, you would think I would say that. But no, uh, Act of God, again, much like uh, Secret Wars 2, interesting germ of an idea. Whoa. It's basically... It was yes. like, what, what if uh, all the superpowered heroes uh, became depowered? Right. Yes, that's a great concept and terrible it has execution. Captured my imagination. I think I think members of the audience have actually sent me this book. Oh, because having looked at the cover, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I definitely have this. It falls apart because it's super preachy. Again, it's called Act of God. Super up its own ass, and also a real Batman wank fest. Oh no! Well, because he has no. Oh, I see what you're talking about now. It's like, oh, you're all finally on my level now. Oh, time to fight crime the way I fight crime. Oh, my God. Does he? Do they go to the cave and he, like, trains them or something? Or yes, it... many of them do, and they get new costumes and code names inspired by Batman. Oh, that's awesome. 
<laughs> it's it's really not the the worst part though, and I think this has become a meme. It's a w- Wonder Woman who I think she like gets to live a happy life now, which I forget if she ends up with Superman. I think she might end up with Superman when they both don't have their powers anymore. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, Clark, you know, maybe God is punishing us. And it's like, God damn it, Diana, you are a Greek creation. You've met the Greek pantheons. You've met pantheons of other, you know, uh, deities and warships and everything. Why? Why do you think the Judeo-Christian God is fucking with you <laughs> in particular? Yeah, that's fair. That's. It, it just doesn't reach like it doesn't no. it doesn't play you know it that really does that don't that a dog don't hunt as they say it sure it does it's like you, you've met angels you could like literally pop up now and talk to zeus if you wanted yeah no that's true <laughs> and go, i don't think he's punishing you no go go talk to the specter he's like the embodiment of god's anger yeah, <laughs> what's if, he got to say about this if any of those gods have a problem with you they'll just come down and talk to you diane <laughs> yeah really they can do they, they got your number right? they got a direct line yeah exactly um, jumping into the super chats, Adam Asamoa says first the comic pop comic is coming soon. Cool. I I don't know about that. It's like I haven't written one, but <laughs> did, did did you sign off on that one? <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking forward to seeing what you're talking about. Mr. Vinyl Fishick Fishstick says uh, would reboot Secret Wars 2015 to see what a rebooted Marvel would look like. Start off with Spider-Man, Avengers, and X-Men the first year, and then the rest. Vinyl, what you're describing is called Ultimate Marvel. Like, that is literally just the concept of, well, we want to reboot the Marvel Universe. We'll start with Spider-Man, the Avengers, and X-Men. Only call them the Ultimates and X-Men. It's the same exact thing. So you might actually really enjoy... Oh, did I lose Joel? No, I'm still here. Okay, that's weird. You went away. Like, you physically went away. That's so weird. And now you're back. Oh, that's weird. I... I, I could never not hear you. No, no, no. It was uh, the N- the NDI uh, oh. capture thingy went away, but there he is back. Um, Hello. I don't know, man. Like, I, I wouldn't change basically a thing about Secret Wars 2015. It was really well handled. And I would never reboot Marvel under the creative teams they had going in 2015. Mm. Like, would you? Like, no. When you think about it, uh, like, every, every time people were like, oh, I can't believe... That they that they didn't reboot. I'm like, I'm so thankful they did. <laughs> like that they True. didn't do that because that would have been such a mistake. Yeah. Um, anyway, but like I hear what you're saying. Like I I wouldn't reboot necessarily the whole thing, but like, would I like to live in a world where we could at least see what all the creatives at 2015 Marvel could have done? We'd be talking. We'd have. We'd be having conversations like this all the time. Oh yeah. About like the new Fifty Two of Marvel Comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, and that kind of feeds into another to- another event and ha- kind of like why I'd like to see it rebooted or redone, and it's freaking Flashpoint. Oh no, kidding! What well, what would you have done differently in Flashpoint? Because I think a lot of people uh, hold the Flashpoint in high regard. Flashpoint worked on a number of levels, but the main level that everyone remembers from it is that it's a reboot. Yeah. Is that it's a crisis. Maybe actually leading up to it in any meaningful, organic way, or maybe having some kind of roadmap through Flashpoint that actually allowed the universe to be rebooted in a way that made it make sense. Honestly, I'd like to see it moreover for the original ending, the non-rebooted ending. It it really did just kind of come out of nowhere, didn't it? Like, if you were reading comics at that time, it's like, hey, two weeks from now, Flashpoint. You know, a week from now, Flashpoint. Everything changes. So wrap up what you're reading right now because it's all going to be different next month. Right, they're going to throw it all away. It's all going to be gone. Um, I don't even know if I would change the, like, the creative teams behind Flashpoint. I would probably just, like, either I would want to see it 
with the original ending, or at the very least, have it incorporate the crisis elements, those elements that like made it into a reboot, because clearly mm. it was not going to be one. You know, it was a really good Flashpoint do-over? The Flashpoint movie, which might be the last truly great of those DC animated movies because it boiled it down to its basis parts. They still rebooted it. The rebooted movies were kind of shitty, all things considered. But boy, boy, did it hit all the high points and they made it a story about the Flash from yeah. start to finish. I would argue that that and Under the Red Hood were good retcons of the original stories. That, Indeed. Like, that did that, that capture the heart and spirit of what they were trying to go for, but actually accomplishing it. Heck, Under the Red Hood is written by the same guy, which still blows my mind that Winnick wrote the original comic story and he wrote the movie. I know. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that more because I'm sure more writers would like the opportunity. I'm sure that more writers like it, it's harder to get done. It's amazing that actually Winnick was able to get it away, get away with it. Absolutely. Yeah, like I'm I, sure, like D. Mateus, who has experience writing like animated movies and stuff like that, would love to have a hand at any rebooted or animated ad adaptation of something he wrote. Yeah, D. Um, D. Mateus, who wrote the, I would argue, the last good DC animated one, and it wasn't even through their official DVD thing; it was through Seed, and that was that Constantine movie. Oh yeah, the Constantine movie. I didn't even bother. How was it? Really good, actually. Like shockingly good. Oh great. Um, Demetrius knows his story structure, damn it. He sure does. You know, I think I read Bad Blood, or I watched Bad Blood. I think he wrote that one. Which one was Bad Blood again? Batwoman's in it. Oh, yeah, and we have the heretic, but we had to change his costume. Yeah, wasn't great. But, no, it uh, was not. But he, you know, he's a good writer, and everyone had good dialogue. <laughs> he tries. He, he really tried. Yeah. Uh, I, although I would argue, you know, the best, the most, re the, 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 one of the most recent and best DC animated movies that I've seen was Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You and Matt have both been telling me that. Now they're like, no, you gotta watch the Turtles one, though. The Turtles one is so great because it's not stupid. Oh. Despite its premise. Interesting. Um, but, like, it's it's not dumb. The animation's fun. The de designs are on point. The turtles and the characters all behave as you would expect. Uh, and it's it just doesn't feel like doesn't feel like an afterthought it felt like a really fun delving into that that movie like it worked it, you know it hits me you know why probably they were probably able to afford to make it a little better because i think nickelodeon put up half the money for it that's smart maybe they should hey, do that from now on <laughs> they really should hey let's let's do a movie version of that justice league meets power rangers hey uh, hasbro i think owns power rangers now how about you guys put up half the money do for they? this you're not oh no that those rights keep changing hands a ton. It was Nickelodeon. It was Disney. Uh, yeah, it was. Well, it went from uh, Saban to Disney to Nickelodeon, back to Saban, and then I think Hasbro owns it now. Wow. Oh, they okay. ping-ponged the shit out of those rights. Yeah. Um, jumping back into the Super Chats, just get a, get a palate cleanser from here. John Quinn 313 says, Catching this for the first time, fellas. Interested hey. to see what you lads have to say. Well, thank you very much for joining us for the first time. Hopefully not the last. Um, and uh, hopefully we're, in, we're, 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 you know, whetting your appetite for this kind of topic. Uh, Taylor Pester says, Could they do Amazon's attack again? This is a question just for Joel. I love this. Yeah. This is pretty much the only, the one reason DC hasn't done a Wonder Woman-focused event since then is because it's of true. how poorly received Amazon's attack was. 
I say yes only superficially because, like, as I understand it, it was basically just a tie-in slash prelude to an even worse event. Joel? To Countdown, yeah. It was all it was all about Countdown. It was all about getting up to that and just, oh, yeah, just Amazon's attack is so bad from back to front. And it's funny. It did to Wonder Woman what Shadowland did for Daredevil. And it's like, okay, no more events. You don't get to headline any more events. Yeah. Like, oh, I, th- I don't think that, Am- that Wonder Woman nor Daredevil can support an event. Like, you are not a known property, as we thought. Man, I'm so glad you mentioned Shadowland. Mm-hmm. I hate Shadowland so much. It's it's the worst, and it's like a black eye on what is otherwise a very uh, you know sterling silver uh, succession of writers and artists on Daredevil. Yeah, just a horrible event. No one does anything interesting. No one says anything in character. No one does anything in character. And then at the end of the day, something you would believe Daredevil's capable of doing is not his fault. Yeah, waste that cool new black costume. I don't even like it. I like Daredevil's <laughs> costume because you get to hit have the hints of red. Uh, I get why people like a black Daredevil costume. I get that. But like, let him stay in one costume for a while, please. Mm. Uh, Shadowland also has a great premise. I remember when we were talking about like speculation on Daredevil, the show. Yeah. We're like, ooh, maybe they'll do Shadowland. And people are like, what are you, crazy? Shadowland sucked. Uh-huh. But it had the potential. To they be could do it better. Now, Joel, just off the top of your head, besides, for me, it would be reducing the tie-ins by 100%. What would you do to make Shadowland work? Mm, that's a tough right? one like, how there. How do you fix it? I mean, I'd definitely give it to a different writer. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame because, uh, what is there? That was uh, Diggle who was doing it was. that. Yes, it was Diggle, yeah. That's a shame because Diggle was doing good in his actual Daredevil run at the time until then. So to be like, no, 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 we're not going to reward your good work. We're taking that away from you now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, I I think making it like giving Daredevil agency over what he did, letting Daredevil kill Bullseye and letting him be the one who did it. Yeah, that's a character development for him. You could actually you could kind of have Shadowland happen and then kind of like lend it into the the, the Zadarsky run for God's sake. The Zadarsky run yeah. is playing with the idea of like what if this like uber hypocritical Catholic accidentally or intentionally killed someone. Yes and how that would affect him and how it would make him want to quit and everything and really give him kind of like a twilight of the soul moment. Yeah it's all great stuff. Heck uh, to give credit to Bendis which we don't do all that often very more. Uh, in his Daredevil run he had a great bit there where Matt became the kingpin of Hell's Kitchen where he's like okay I'm running this like a crime boss now while also being a superhero. That was a better version of Shadowland and that wasn't even an event. Exactly. No you and people refer to it like it's an event because of how like memorable it was uh but i agree like no that's really the fix it's just like don't even yeah don't don't even make it an event just make it a story arc but just make it a story arc yeah which is what it always should have been maybe marvel was onto something when they said that like daredevil couldn't support an event it's more like no daredevil shouldn't have an event daredevil Mm. works better in stories than he works in like stunts and when it gets too big, it gets too weird. And also the fact that the Avengers at that time are just like, yeah, we don't really care about what's going on here. All, all you street-level guys go play. Well, and also, like, the Avengers are made up of most of the people who are supposed to be the street-level 
like we're on the same level as Matt. We're going to talk some sense into him characters. Yeah. So it was like that were used in the event. So they're like, they take a minute from going, hanging out in Avengers mansion or tower, depending on what version we're talking about at that time. I think Luke had the mansion at that point. Yeah, I think it was the tower because I remember uh, was yeah like Bucky was Captain America at that oh, time, yeah, wasn't? That's it? right. Okay, so like I don't know, it just felt like really hypocritical, and it didn't really work for those no, characters. That, that they it, just washed their hands so thoroughly of the giant evil ninja monastery in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, and that that place stayed for as long as it did. Superior Spider-Man was the one like, okay, no more friggin' ninjas, get no, out of here. And that's literally just dance lot like playing housekeeper just being like yeah. okay well i guess we'll just clean it up <laughs> like that's i'll deal with it that's a great issue to spider ock and a bunch of giant robots being like all right you're all getting evicted get the hell out <laughs> <laughs> i'm done with this and the average person being like yeah good job spotty i'm glad someone finally got rid of those damn ninjas i can't sleep at night i'm always late for work because they're plotting evil <laughs> great idea that's yeah. actually a bet that's, that's the best like retconning of of shadowland it sure is. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Joey Troyer just saying, take my money. Don't mind if we do. Thank you very much. Uh, Gabriel Reyes Jr. Hey, guys. Wanted to know what you guys thought of Heroes in Crisis and should it get a redo? Oh, we'll get to that. Right. Uh, Gibson Bradfield, do over Civil War without Peter Parker revealing himself so the impetus behind One More Day is not in place. Mm. I mean, basically, you just want us to undo One More Day. One More fair. Day. But I would argue, you know, like, here's the thing. I remember when Civil War came out, I remember, like, a lot of Hazarai and, like, much to do about the unmasking. And everyone was like, this is the worst thing. This is the worst thing they could possibly do. And yet, when you're reading it, it's kind of amazing. It does, yeah. Like, it's kind of amazing how it happens, that it happens. When yeah, you're, yeah. like, reading it, especially in hindsight, but you're looking at it, like, as, a, as, as its own thing knowing who Spider-Man is, you're like, oh my god. It's genuinely shocking. It's a very effective moment exactly. in that story. And it's funny, because that was actually a retcon in and of itself. Casada uh, said, uh, you need to go back to McNiven and have him draw extra pages. I want this moment in the book. And they were like, mm. oh, but that doesn't make any sense. Peter Parker would never do that. And he's like, there's going to be a lot of things Peter Parker's never going to do that he's <laughs> going to do under my watch. <laughs> so, you wait and see. Yeah. Uh, you, trust me, the story potential alone. And like, practically the entire back in black period yeah. was just an exploration of like what if peter parker had unmasked the only problem what if he is got outed yeah it's stuck within the superhero registration act so it can't even be like it, it can't be a story arc where it's like hey what if peter had like an alien costume for a while like hey it would be like if, if spider-man got the alien costume during secret invasion you know like it's just there's too much other things going on for you to really focus on it as a story you know who actually did that better? Again, bring it back to Daredevil and bring it back to Mark Wade. When Mark Wade had Daredevil out himself as Daredevil for a long period of time in his run, he was sure to, you know, backdoor a thing in there for, you know, another writer to get out of it if they needed to, and yeah. they did. No, you're right. That's that's always a, a thing, and if you work for Marvel, you'll know. Uh, you must write in backdoor ways out you can't just like leave it unless you do and you don't have an editor in which case they'll just do something else whatever <laughs> it was a dream exactly. it was a robot uh, zberm says redo dark knight 2 with better art and storytelling that's not possible my friend you see you can't I, I would say dark knight strikes again is 
horrendous and ever and and time is fix it is is healing that book in ways that it shouldn't people are like yeah. oh come on first of all that book came out in 2001 and it's so blah 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 like it's actually actually it's kind of brilliant no it's not it's it's lazy it's sloppy it's bad but but if frank miller's work continues to get lazy and sloppy and bad yeah well my point is like but no one else can do a sequel to dark knight no. And one would argue, the, the real argument is, should they do it? Should Frank be doing it? Obviously, the answer is no. But I wouldn't want, if, if they had said, instead of Frank Miller taking over Dark Knight Strikes Again, if, he, if, if they like got the first book or the first three pages and they went like, oh, no. And <laughs> they just handed it to someone like Brian Azzarello or someone at that time. I would, be like, I would have been very outraged and suspicious of how that was being approached. They were like, clearly you're doing it for a cash grab. I mean, the whole thing was a cash grab. Anyway, but... <laughs> but it's only, an official cash grab. Yeah, only Frank can do a sequel to his own work. Um, it's why... And Frank, by the way, is the guy who will say that because, like, when he killed Elektra, they were like, oh, we're going to do a what-if book called, like, What If Elektra Had Lived? And Frank's like, well, I guess I have to do that too. And they're like, oh, mm -hmm. no, no, no. We have, like, the interns do the what-if books. <laughs> and he's like but it's my character. And they're like, mm, actually, it belongs to us now. <laughs> but since you work here, I guess if you want to do a what if book and it be the, like the number one selling what if comic of all time, feel free. And he did. And so like, that's how like protective Frank had been over his creations and work. So like, I would say, no, don't do a dark Knight returns, but yeah. I hear what you're saying. I would love to see. That's why I'm like, do it, do an animated movie adaptation of dark Knight strikes again. Right, but actually fix some stuff in it, it while you're at look it. Look a little better, at least. And, and try and hammer a somewhat coherent story out of it. Right. Uh, Vitamin D says uh, in Secret Wars Two, Beyonder had an had an agent who became Death. Yeah. So that be but that's still a fun idea. Uh, Rusky nine one one zero says, "Hey guys, which events that were both a movie TV combo? No, I'm sorry. Hey guys, which events that were in both movies and TVs and comics?" do you think were done better on screen and which were done better in the comics? Mm, well, under the red hood, obviously was one that we think, cause it trims a ton of the fat agreed. Anything that like takes an, a better idea than execution and makes it like tighter. You know, like I enjoyed captain America civil war. Yeah. I think more than the, than the comic though. The comic does its own thing and it's, it's very different and you know, they're so, kind of two different animals, they're kind yeah. of two different things, but one, you can't have one without the other. No, you really can't. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, again, I, I feel this this is a topic in and of itself. Which adaptations were better? I feel like I really want to sit down and research this because I feel like I'm missing some obvious ones. I agree. So we'll stick with that. But I uh, hope that answered your question a little bit. Hopefully we can do it a little more deeper next time. James Robbins. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for being awesome. Well, you're very oh. welcome. Thanks to you for being awesome. What should the next gen of writers take into account when writing events in the future to avoid repeating the past? That's actually a great question. Uh, they're keeping them nice and short. I notice all these new Marvel events, War of Realms, Absolute Carnage, they're all short. They're only six instead of 12. Yes. Uh, brevity, affordability, uh, impact, depth, mm. art. These are the Scheduling. Scheduling. Come out on time, please. The reality, I mean, like, honestly, any event you're working on, if you were counting on it, if you have integrated events into your budget, you're like, just like anyone does. Like, we're counting on this at, like, at this fiscal quarter. We need to have this thing come out to make this much more money than we normally do. Then you need to pull whoever you're working on for that book 
off of whatever they're doing and have them work on that. Full time. And just be like, have it done. And I don't get it. Like, you have a roster of dozens, if not tens of dozens, of artists and writers at your beck and call who would drop anything to oh, yeah. work for you for no health insurance or benefits <laughs> and, and, and work like dogs to do it. Pull them, have them do it. I don't get it. Like, you know what I mean? It just, it just seems like a no-brainer. Like, n- no event should be late. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, Sam Anderson, No Man's Land is an event, not a status quo. See, now that's the thing. People that's rem- debatable. People remember No Man's Land as an event. It was a status quo, just like the Clone Saga people call an event, and it was really just three years worth of comic stories. What was happening? I think the thing is, is that No Man's Land is connected or is collected in an omnibus now, and people can read it all, so it's an event to them. It, it would be the heaviest omnibus I've ever seen. I have like two different versions of trades for No Man's Land, and th- it's still double the size of an omnibus. And oh, it's yeah. just like because it is just a status quo. It is just like was No Man's Land happening in a Catwoman book? Well, then that's part of No Man's Land. Was it happening? Like, did Superman show up? Then he's part of No Man's Land. Like, no, it was straight up. And I, I guess I see what you're saying. It would be cool to see No Man's Land if it was just an event. It was just like a six issue or twelve issue mini right, series. Right. But the effect of No Man's Land should be in a, uh, a status quo. Yeah. You know, so like you would still get both. Um. But I, it would be nice to have at least like a manageable sized version of No Man's Land, which I believe you can get because I think there's a book, like a novelization of No Man's Land. Yes, I've seen that actually. Yeah, and it's much shorter than the regular No Man's Land. Hey, uh, while we're talking about Batman and talking about events, here's one near and dear to both of our hearts, Future's End. How would we have made Future's End better? Uh, maybe don't stretch it out to a whole goddamn year for starters. And if you're going to uh, put a spotlight on Batman Beyond, maybe make it actually about him. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, like, it's funny. Taylor Petra said the same thing. He was just like, Future's End, get rid of Azarello. Don't make it a 52-level event. Make it a concise six- to eight-issue event and tone down all the continuity shenanigans. Don't, don't have know. 12 writers. I agree. Like, and, and I think you needed the 12 writers to make it a weekly thing. You did. The reality is just don't make it a weekly thing and also make it not be really dumb. Like, it needed yeah, that also to helps. be... Because the problem is they were trying to juggle too much stuff, right? Because it's too they long. Were. Let's let's make a big epic story. Let's introduce some fan favorite characters. Let's also maybe tease fusing Earth One and Earth Two together. These characters are profitable. Yes, people want to continue to read about these characters. Right. These are all that, that all makes sense. But then, of course, when you get to the heart of Future's End, nothing mattered. No, because it all got reset anyway, and so it was like, all you read for a year, and it meant nothing. Yeah, and that's kind of the biggest problem that DC has normally, and also that Future's End had, which is, it didn't matter. Like, when you're halfway through and you're like, oh, shit, this is an alternate reality. It features no one from the main universe, and none of it takes place in the current timeline. Yep. But but, 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 but you'll still get special tie-ins, though, that, again, won't actually mean anything. Right. And if anyone thinks about that, that book should have, just the, the ground should have caved in underneath its own weight of it. Boy, should it have. Uh, Mr. Vinyl Fishstick says, uh, not necessarily an event, but would do over uh, ANADM? Oh, ben? all new, all different Marvel. Oh, uh, makes right. Makes characters like Riri and X-23 in more of a sidekick role instead of their own heroes off the bat. Uh, all new, all different Marvel was the same, if suffered from the same problem that like things like Flashpoint and even Future's End did, which is no good planning, no good prep, 
and no good execution. Uh, mm. Not to say that all new, all different Marvel was a failure in terms of uh, creative execution. There were some books that actually didn't that didn't suck, but you just didn't read them. <laughs> Um, it, it, it also just hits me there. He talked about X-23 and more of a sidekick role. She's been her own hero for how long? Yeah, she's She has not been a sidekick, I think, ever. ever much no, less, never. Yeah. So making her into a sidekick, I think, is a demotion. It, it's actually... Boy, it's, is it. It's for me, like, why I have such a problem, like, when and if people go, like, oh, this character who, like, was Robin should go back to being Robin. Like, that's a demotion. He can't be Robin can't, again. Can't walk backwards in he a story. He can't go home again. Uh all New All Different Marvel was a failed initiative because I think, once again, number one, talent wasn't there. Two, execution. There was no there was no through line that said, this is what we're trying to accomplish. No, it was just new for new sake so we could print some new number ones. Right. And I think it was trying to compete with DC. I think DC was doing something also at that. the time. And they were like, oh, no, us too. And it's like, don't you understand that us too just invites failure? Uh, Gibson Bradfield also Secret Empire without half it being a MacGuffin chase and instead of having more dinner meetings with characters insult each other. That uh, was pretty great. That was uh, arguably that was I think everyone when we like we're talking when we talked about it during weekly poll when we talked about it like privately, everyone liked the dinner scene. Oh, it was great. And that was like the time when everyone was like uh, when everyone was on the same page like oh I really liked that. Uh, I think Joel would like to see Secret Empire change only because he'd like to see the original ending. I would like to see the original. I, I'm the guy who, again, was super in love with the cap with the years worth of Captain America that led up to Secret Empire. Yep. And I'm like, man, this is some tight stuff. But yeah, I would have liked the uh, a newer ending. I think it only really falls on its face because you could tell that's not how they wanted to end it. That they got cold feet in the story that all of the MacGuffin chase that you mentioned was building up to. We didn't get no. Um, you could, you, everyone could have gotten what they wanted, I think. I think Spencer was able to, was going to be able to pull it off, but, uh, Yeah, I think so, too. He just got afraid. Bernadette... They sure did. Bernadette Which, actually, Edwards. hey... Oh, go ahead. Or no, go ahead. Or, or, or you, you read the thing, I'll come back oh, to okay. it. Uh, Bernadette says, Identity Crisis with a good murder mystery. Mm. Uh, I kind of dug Identity Crisis. I don't have a real problem with it, because it only messed with characters that I didn't read about normally. That, see, I always feel bad about that, and I feel bad when they do that in Heroes in Crisis. It's like, hey, don't brutalize side characters for the sake of building drama. That's just really cruel and mean-spirited. I agree. And also, like, the Dibneys didn't do, Like, there were other characters you could have hurt yes, <laughs> that wouldn't have hurt absolutely. nearly as many other people. But and they still it, never recovered. No, uh, which is too bad. Uh, but I thought it was okay. The 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 reveal was fun, but, like, it felt like a Sherlock Holmes mystery where it was like, yeah. I left out information and then here it is. And it's Which like, aren't I always, clever? Like that always bothers me when they have the join me in the parlor moment. <laughs> and I will explain to you how I already figured this out five minutes before getting here. Or the villain is like, well, you haven't figured it out yet. So I'll just be crazy and explain it and explain the whole thing. The actual mechanics of it, were fairly interesting, but it's all it's all the little side stuff that, you know, makes Identity Crisis a hard, jagged pill to swallow. Yes. Although that being said, after reading Heroes in Crisis, I literally thought to myself, man, I was hard on you, Identity Crisis, wasn't I? Right? Like now? <laughs> like this story seems better in hindsight. I'm like, dude, I thought that you were mean spirited and brutalizing. I was wrong. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Identity Crisis is like when you look at it superficially, it's short. It mm -hmm. uses a very like finite amount of characters. Like it's, yep. it's not quite the worst thing ever. Maybe it was at the time, but that should also indicate like how good things were during that time. The, the scales have changed. Yeah. 
Rusky 9110 reminds me of an event, and I forget to say this on a regular basis because it's such a like forgettably good event slash not really event. He says, was no surrender an event? Technically just an ongoing Avengers book. Also, yeah. is that the proper way to do an event? Just stick it in the books. They've had two really great ones doing it that way with no surrender and no road home that I absolutely love to death. Yeah, they did it right. They came out on time. They had good variant covers. Oh, yeah. Great use of additional characters you don't normally oh, see. Yeah. Uh, changing status quos while also maintaining, uh, you know, continuity and referencing Definitely. that which came before, uh, creating new things to paving the road. No Surrender, No Road Home, great examples. That should be like the Marvel litmus test. Like, that should be Marvel's should be. like, okay, this is what we're going to do from now on. Like, no more, I mean, like, here's the thing. No more, like, book called the event. Mm. We'll do that in the trade. Like, when we collect them. Right, right. Uh, Marvel used to do that all the time. I would say if you wanted to reboot an event, reboot Atlantis Attacks. It was almost <laughs> all in all those annuals, and you have to like scrape together a hundred of them, and it's just... I, I've been trying to reclaim all the Atlantis Attacks. I gave it away. I had an omnibus. Oh, wow. I gave it to a library, <laughs> and uh, I, I they screwed me over, and I was like, I want it back, but I can't just like, ask a library to book the, back. The funny thing is that I think Chip Zdarsky kind of is doing Atlantis Attacks again in the pages of Invaders. Invaders. Yeah. And it's wonderful. It is wonderful. And so that could be an example of what we're exactly talking about, where it's like, take this thing over there. Man, if Set shows up, like if we get the brides oh. of Set in this oh. Invaders book. Man, like, here's the thing. Like, I thought that this was just a miniseries and it was done at six. It's like, oh, no, we're still going. And oh, no, this Atlantis thing. This is this is the book. This is going to be the big thing going forward. Namor is the overarching, you know, uh, antagonist of this thing. I'm like, so there's a chance is what you're saying. Right. I'm down. That's a great idea. Um, here's an event, a stunt, if you will, that I would love to see redone because okay. of the mistake of including the fans. Right. Uh 1994 or 6 is DC versus Marvel. Mm, man, if they could only play nice for uh, I the two companies. I mean, it's just like, first, it is so crappy. Secondly, the power scaling and the, the, the matches are wrong, disproportionate. Uh, there are a couple of cool moments, but like everything is, it's kind of amazing. I'm not saying to replace it. I'm just saying do it over again because like it's kind of a fun microcosm. Like it's Lobo versus Wolverine, but Wolverine has bone claws and it's Captain Marvel versus, no, wait, who, who fought Thor? Was it Captain Marvel? It was Storm, wasn't it? No, Storm fought Wonder Woman. So it was Captain oh, Marvel. Oh, shit. Because two lightning gods. Captain Marvel versus Thor. Thor looks like Gambit. Roided mm, out with a dumb cape. Mm, he looks horrible. Like all the these things. One of the worst Catwoman costumes. Easily. No, it's just everything about it was like, oh, and Spider-Man versus Superboy. You know, like, oh, come on. Yeah. Nemo versus Aquaman. Aquaman just drops a, a, a giant whale on top of him. Like, come on. Just a disappointing fight. That um, That's an episode we got to do, too. Let's, let us write DC versus Marvel 2019, yeah. and let's uh, let's get it right this time. And, hey, we have an amazing power on this show, the Elseworld Effect, as I like to call it. We put stuff out here in the universe, and it happens. We Last year, we talked about doing a sequel to Acts of Evil, and what are they doing this I year? Oh, it's happening. It's crazy. Great idea. You, you, you keep mentioning uh, Jason Aaron's time crystals and everything, and those keep coming up and shit. I know, and it's that dude. That dude knows how to play the long game. Boy, does he! In a Hickman-esque way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's see. Oh, um, 
I guess since we are at uh, 40 minutes, we have a lot of super chats to get through. Okay. Uh, should we get to Joel's big, super, big, big thing? I mean, if you'd like to, I can. I think we should. I mean, why not? Okay. So naturally, I picked this one because it's the freshest in my mind. It's the one I was thinking about the most as I was reading it. And I think one of the most depressing things about this story is I'm like, you could save this with just a few small tweaks mm. and not writing it like a weird alien person. And I think you <laughs> I think you all know the book I'm talking about, and that is Heroes in Crisis from just recently. Absolutely. Heroes in Crisis has a great premise behind yes. it, but just doesn't work for anyone. No, it fumbles everything in the execution. I think the first and biggest thing that comes to my mind is, okay, so you're writing a book about the stigmatization of mental illness and, you know, getting psychological help in the superhero community. That's good stuff. Here the, here's the big problem with it, though. No one is opposing any of that in the book. Everyone's just like, yeah, Sanctuary, cool, yeah, Sanctuary, that's all right. This yeah. story really needed a Lex Luthor or someone to be like, oh, you can't trust those superheroes at the best of times. Now they're crazy, too. I know. There's a lot of that. Like, there was no hero who was like the only heroes who were against it were played for laughs. Yeah, which is weird. You know, where characters Fair. were just like, like where you'd see the nine panel grid testimonials, mm -hmm. and some character would say like, "This is dumb," or like, "Screw this," and they'd leave. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, but like, is isn't that kind of like the problem? Like, isn't that kind of the issue you're trying to address, which is the stigmatization exactly. of like getting help? It was very confused. I really wish there was a villain they could have hung things on. And then, hey, you could even go the extra mile to be like, ooh, maybe maybe Sanctuary and the robots malfunctioned because Lex Luthor or somebody caused it to happen as part of like a bigger offensive to, you know, hurt superheroes in the public eye. Right. I, I mean, I get the idea of making it not that because like you want the whole thing to be just like it would be easier to make it the, so that Brother Eye wasn't really Batman's fault, right? But yeah. like, it's more tragic and actually makes it more narratively interesting to make it Batman's fault because then you have the status quo for Batman and superheroes that you haven't seen before, so we're doing something new. E even though for Heroes in Crisis, it looks like they're already getting ready to wash Wally West's hands of any wrongdoing by being like, oh, a, a spaceman made him do it, and Scott Liddell's going to tell you all about it in this new miniseries. Those characters are still dead, though, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because that was another thing that I thought was weird. Well, that's just talking about Heroes in Crisis and the ending and how I'm like, there's time travel and you saved some people, but not everyone. And Not what? everyone. And the, and you can, you have cloning tech from the future where you can clone perfectly good bodies, but you're only going to clone one and just, ah, this story hurts my head. That cloning idea, I think, was a total afterthought. I think that was a, oh, I think God, that was a retcon. Yeah. That was, that was, oh, natural. That was editor, editorial being like, no. People, yeah. Twitter's too mad. Twitter as much. Well, hey, they put an extra issue on the end of that one, so I'm sure they stuck it all there. But yeah, I, I would like very much to see, you know, a villain or so, not even a villain, someone offering opposition to Sanctuary that makes sense and feels relevant just so it's not Superman gives a speech and everyone's like, oh, OK, then. Right. A, a really condescending speech that doesn't really yeah. work. Um, it feels so disingenuous and so dishonest for something that is a very important subject matter. Yeah. It, actually, it's funny. You didn't even need a villain so much as you could have made it a kind of like spiritual civil war where it's like there mm -hmm. are just some heroes that don't believe in it. 
Yeah. And so like they're and they'll fight against it vehemently and, and maybe even violently if they have to. You know, you know it, it's a shame that they say it was set up by the Trinity because that would have been a perfect place for Batman just saying, I'll fucking need to get help on Batman. <laughs> uh, this, I'm, I'm a monument to the lack of therapy that I exist. In. Absolutely. Like, and the fact that people want to go to a hospital that Batman set up, his entire character is built around not getting help and locking up other people in asylums. Yeah, it just seems kind of hypocritical. Seems incredible, and no one calls him out on that, which really bugs me. On and also, hey, here's another big thing that bugs me that I would have done something. And hey, maybe maybe this could have been the extra villain, you know, monkeying with stuff behind the scenes. Psycho pirate. Why do the robots in Heroes in Crisis wear masks? Clearly modeled after the psycho pirate, but that never comes up. I don't know because like you were setting it up in your Batman run, King. Yeah. It was clearly like, oh, you're using the Psycho Pirate mask. That's the other reason he needed to get the Psycho Pirate from Santa Prisa. Like, I get it. Nope. Amounts to nothing. Like, wouldn't have that have been a hell of a thing to have Psycho Pirate walk out and be like, it was me, Wally West. I messed with your mind because I remember the old universe, too. Yes. And everyone thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. Like, because it doesn't matter. None of this matters. Well, like, the, the, the anti-monitor will come and reboot the universe again or whatever. Yeah. yeah it would have been, that would have been great. I'm not, I would not be surprised if, because King likes to do this, uh, if he just retcons it during his Batman run. I'm sure he will. He's like, well, it's Bane! He, he, he better hurry, because there's only so many things he can blame on Bane no, this much No, he can stick long. that into the Batman Catwoman series he's going to get. Oh, yeah, with the Phantasm, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, The Phantasm yeah. is actually Bane under the mask. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Bane's daughter. Uh, you joke, but... I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. Serious as a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Heroes in Crisis, there's an idea there, a genuine idea that was just... I want to like, see a good version of it. And it might not even be King's fault entirely, but, you know, mm. there's enough that King's done that I don't trust it. You, you know who did do a good version of it? Nick Spencer in his Spider-Man, where we see the support group for, like, friends and sidekicks of superheroes who get together to talk about their problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He only shows us, like, two pages of it, but, <laughs> but it's... Already the... better and more interesting. Yeah, that's fair. Um, jumping through the super chats, I want to get to everybody. So Liam Gibbon says, "I just saw on Twitter that Gail Simone's calling the calling for a new Avengers JLA crossover. Is not sure if that would really count as redoing an old event. I wouldn't redo JLA Avengers because it's, it's pretty amazing and it's like its own thing that works so well. But I would do more of them. Yeah, yeah. Like I it would, should be a yearly thing. I agree. Uh, Jam Call X in Humans vs X Men." Should have been explored how people treated Inhumans as exotic foreigners with interesting culture while still hating mutant fellow citizens by being to being um, uh, to better meaningfully define the two similar power peoples. It's true. Uh, Inhumans vs. X-Men, if everyone had integrity, wouldn't exist at all. Much. Less. It's true. But if you wanted to like cause bad blood between those two or really highlight the, hip the hypocrisy of like a Marvel populace that has a problem with mutants but not Daredevil, like then, yeah, <laughs> you could do it through the lens of the Inhumans. Again, we were talking about the problems of hanging everything on a villain. That was a book that was hurt in the end by ultimately just hanging it all on Emma Frost and be like, Emma did it because she's a bitch. <laughs> That's basically the book. That was. I'm mad about Scott. Fuck you, Inhumans, and fuck you, mutants. And yeah, I'm being a gigantic hypocrite that we're putting you into camps and raiding your city because you're different than us. Yeah, no, I mean, like, she's just like, I would... I, and I, <sighs> What's funny is that's kind of in keeping. I'll take that. Like, it, I'm the it's the true. only thing I liked from Alien Covenant was David showing up to the Engineers Planet, being like, "Fuck all y'all, goo." <laughs> like, 
That was that was basically the book. And hey, to Charles Soule's credit, he tried really hard. There's moments there where like they do rub up against more interesting ideas and more thematic ideas. My favorite bit was it's all the new Inhumans and all the young X-Men who they get together and they're like, wow, our older counterparts are fucking dicks, right? We all we got to share the planet together, right? We're millennials. Yeah. Let's work together on this. And that they're the ones who get the adults to play nice in the end. I would love. Yeah, no, absolutely. What a waste! Of, what a waste of opportunity. Uh, Sayajin Slayer says thank you. Like thank you very much for your help. Uh, Kyle Johnson, Heroes in Crisis for the Marvel Universe. This is just a pitch, but like it's uh, Marvel from Cap's PTSD, Tony's alcoholism, Thor not mm. really being worthy, Hank Pym's mental yeah. illness, but treated with respect. I mean, like you could easily do Heroes in Crisis at Marvel. In fact, I'm shocked they haven't. That's a killer pitch right there. I, it's such an obvious pitch. It feels like it might actually have been because. Marvel's like, oh no, we did that in a Captain America book like 25 years ago. Like, right. I, I bet you there's something buried in the pages of like a uh, Michelinie Tony Stark Iron Man book or a uh, Mark Wade Captain America issue. Uh, an old Grundwald pitch from back in the day. I guarantee you there's something there. Transact guy helping us out. Thank you very much. Uh, Taylor Petcher uh, saying, brightest day, even though I really like the story, I know it's often looked at as one of the weakest parts of John's GL run. The saddest part about Brightest Day is that it didn't matter as a reboot because they rebooted everything afterwards. I know what it meant to do. I see what you were going for for Brightest Day, but in the end it didn't matter, right? And it's kind of a footnote now. Isn't that like the part – that feels like part and parcel of DC where it's like – it's just it just fall, falls right into place with my whole like pitch where I'm just like this is what DC is. Like – Jeff John's like, oh, I know how to fix this. We'll use continuity. We'll use like this thing I created to bring back all these characters. So we'll basically Swamp start zero things again. and the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Like I could fix this, and then and then a couple other people saying, uh, actually, we're just going to reboot it. Let's just let's reboot it. Let's just throw it but, all away. Just trash it. But but my notes, Swamp no, Thing and those. the Hawk people I, 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 and a new Aqua. People are going to love him on television. I promise. Oh no, no, they won't. <laughs> And I don't care about that anyway. I'm in charge. I have a new job that was created just for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Jojo talks too much. Says, "Heck yeah, no surrender, no your road, road home rocks." Well, I know where you are in the episode. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. I like those events a lot, and I think they work. They're really good. Gorgon Fish, how about the Flashpoint event used to launch the an ultimate DC line alongside continuity instead of erasing it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Earth One is technically kind of some kind of like that a little bit. At Earth Two was kind of that too, but only for the Golden Age JSA characters. Yeah. Uh, but I would have been okay with that. Hell yeah, are you kidding me? Uh, that Salamander, I'd redo Crisis from 85, but not mm. but without rebooting DC. Uh, uh, that, uh, a Crisis without a reboot? That's like peanut butter without jelly. How do you do that, uh, sir? Crisis was created to reboot. You can't That's have Crisis without a reboot. It was created as a reboot. If you actually look back and read Wolfman's notes or talk to him, like it, it was created. They, they were like, we're going to reboot. We should have a story to explain it. Yeah, that'd be nice. That's that's where Crisis came from. Uh, I wouldn't want to read Right Crisis if there was no re- reboot. What's the point? I mean, that's kind of the selling point. I mean, heck, uh, I think even DC knows that Dark Knight's Metal was supposed to be called Dark Crisis, but they changed it. Yeah. Jack O'Connell, Harley Quinn is a character in DC. Can we just accept they don't understand mental illness? Oh, Such a terrible man. Event. That's, ugh. Again, and never more has that been true with Harley Quinn right now. 
I love that there's going to be not one but two black label books that try and redo her origin. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you guys don't talk about her origin in the new 52 anymore because it was so bad. And you tried several times. And every time you tried to redo it, you just made it worse. Yes. Yeah. No. It's So we're just not going to talk about her origins anymore. Nah, we're just going to – look at how hot she is, though. Uh, again, hey, let's bring it back to Heroes in Crisis for a minute. Remember in one issue she wore her old costume then stopped? Yep. Yep, what was just, up with that? Just didn't. Well, you know, because I thought it'd be fun. Uh, clearly, like, uh, what is it? <sighs> Crap, Clayman just wanted to yeah. draw that. I can't blame him. No. <laughs> it's a good drawing. Yeah. Uh, as if Sayed helping us out. Thank you very much. Uh, Tevia Smolka, Super Sons of Tomorrow. Even though I like the story, he would want to have that rebooted. Really? You I, think? I like Super Sons of Tomorrow until the very end when just a bunch of stuff happens by happenstance. It's like, oh, I'm I'm a new character now. And, oh, I fixed time. Now I'm disappearing through time. Will I be back? Maybe Tomasi will write about me. I don't know. I'm yeah, gone. <laughs> I would do that again. And then their stupid ass reasoning for the Titans were like, oh, we have to disband now. Or like, oh, we can't take John on the team. They they really became idiots right in that final bit just to protect the status quo. They had to really become huge dumbasses. But it didn't matter anyway because their book was canceled after that. Now they're a junior suicide squad. So fuck everything. So fuck everything. Exactly. And hey, we can't possibly put John on the freaking Teen Titans because he's not a teenager yet. And also Ben has obviously wanted him to get on the Legion of Superheroes and go the hell away. Yeah. Yeah, that's that seems to be the trajectory now, doesn't it? That's why Ben just had John selectively remember how Super Sons of Tomorrow went, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. then he can join the, the the Legion of Superheroes as a big fu to the Titans. He's like, "You won't have me on the Titans? Well, then I'll just go to the future." Yeah, screw you guys. I don't want to be part of your gulag squad. Right, it's John wouldn't have participated in that anyway. It would have been horrible. No, <laughs> Damien, come on. We're shocking people with jumper cables today. John would not have been okay with that. Uh, and Transact Guy, Convergence could have been better. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it could have. It shouldn't have been a universe event. It should have been something just for Earth 2. Yeah. I think, but they knew they weren't going to sell it otherwise. No, that it was a very niche, uh, niche, niche book. <laughs> yeah. But no, they should have. I mean, like, Convergence is a, Convergence is an Earth 2 book. Yes. It, it just, and it establishes what happens to them. That's what Convergence yep. is. If you don't think of it as a universe thing, if you just throw away the issue with Superman in it, mm. you're good. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. I mean, it, it is a fun little uh, walking tour of the DC multiverse there. Even Injustice shows up. In the first page and then dies, which was a mistake. They were like, this is dumb. No one's going to like this. Oops. Yeah. Yeah, boy, boy, did that feel catty in retrospect, where it's like, man, who's going to be reading this injustice in a year? Oh, it's one of the most popular things we've ever done, and Tom Taylor has launched an amazing career off the back of it. Yep. Shit, why did we destroy it in issue one? <laughs> I love that. Because I, 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 I remember reading it and being like, lol, yeah, doesn't anybody forget about it? Who, who hasn't seen that, uh, that immortal image of Batman with his teeth that would take up like most of his face punching the punching bag or wall or whatever? You know, it would be really creatively bankrupt, but I'm shocked. I'm sure someone has pitched this at some meeting. The Injustice comics as we know them versus, like, the current universe Justice League. Yeah, that'd be great. Where it's like, but wait, isn't that just the plot of the first game? Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, who cares? No, but but we we literally already did that. Shut up. It's going to print all the money. They thought He-Man, we can do this. (laughs) We can do whatever. Exactly. Um, As a quick thing i also because it was the cover sake of this issue or this episode i wanted to talk about maximum carnage for a minute 
Mm, which we're kind of getting to do again in Absolute Carnage. No, Absolute Even- Carnage is basically going to be the maximum carnage for modern sensibilities. And all the original players are back. <laughs> I know. That's amazing. Donny Cates is like, you're damn right I'm going to resurrect all these side characters. Yeah, I love it. Uh, maximum Carnage. 14 parts, and they knew it was going to be 14 at the beginning of the damn event. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, un- and inexcusable. <laughs> Six. Maybe. How many times does Venom, like, get separated from the team and get... How long is Venom captured by Carnage? How, how many D-list or F-list villains or heroes does Spider-Man team up with until Captain America finally shows up? Like All of them. Oh, my God. It's just frustrating. Uh, it, it's fun. It's, like, loopy and ridiculous. I love Carnage's crappy supervillain gang. I love him, like, creating basically, like, a more violent Sinister Six of, yep. of asshole lunatics. And now we're getting to do it again with Carnage being like, hmm, what if I create some symbiote sleeper agents and, you know, move them about the superhero community for when I am ready to do my evil deed, which I am doing because I worship Null. Yeah, I'm down. It's it's so funny and stupid. I'm, I'm, I love it. Uh, I'm up for would, it as well. I would love to see Maximum Carnage, like, reduced, like, just like that event, like, just that period being like, just, just, just scale it back, turn it down. You know, or turn it into an event, because like it basically is just stars Firestar and Iron Fist <laughs> and Deathlock. Like, and, and we know Iron Fist is going to be getting a tie-in book with a bunch of other characters, Cloak and Dagger. They're all getting their things for this event. And they should, and they should. I would, because, and you know what made me think about it? Like in the back of my mind was, oh man, it was that alternate cover where I think uh, Mike Deodato Jr. drew Maximum Carnage. Mm. it's just an image of like spider-man and venom fighting all those stupid villains like shriek and everybody on the top of this hill of bodies and i'm like that's exactly what this should be people who love maximum carnage remember it like that it's like it's like the (laughs) it's like the nintendo 3ds version of ocarina of time like yeah yeah, this is exactly how the game make it as good as i remember no that's it they they cleaned it up and they up they upgraded the graphics but you do not remember it being it is not that cool um, Ocarina is cool, and when they fixed it, like when they cleaned it up and made it like newer for the 3DS, it's even, it's just it's just as good as you remember. Maximum Carnage, that cover is the best thing about Maximum Carnage, and I guess the video game. Oh yeah, we got that. Hey, th- they should redo that, or at least get like some DLC for the Spider-Man <laughs> game just out of nowhere for it. Yeah, yeah, that game came out of nowhere. I remember being like, Maximum Carnage, the game. What the what? <laughs> the, my, my books I read are in the video games now. Yeah, I mean, I was used to that, but not the books themselves. Just, just like I remember, like the Silver Surfer Nintendo game and oh, Wolverine yeah. Adamantium Rage and Iron Man Exo War. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> Man, that's that's an episode in and of itself too. Let's talk about like weird geek artifacts and shit. Where it's like, can you believe they made this? Right? Have you ever played the Atari Spider-Man game? Like I have. It- <laughs> It's a hell of a thing. Yeah, but uh, also Lucas Zalbut says, forever evil, but with Justice Lords from the anime or from the animated series. Ooh. The, and r- literally, the Justice Lords only exist because they couldn't use the crime syndicate. Because they couldn't use the crime I syndicate. I love that. So, like, yeah, I would love to see the Justice Lords. I'm oh. we, we almost kind of see them in the Sixth Dimension story. 
We kind of do. Also, hey, if you want that story, go read Kyle Higgins' Batman Beyond and Justice League Beyond. They were digital series running concurrently because you get a sequel to the Justice Lord story and it's amazing and it's very much like Injustice. That's dope. <laughs> it's, it, it's excellent, man. That that series is so underrated. It is the only continuation of the Dini Timiverse that I will accept. Yes. Uh, but from there, I guess that's that. I mean, like, unless you have any other, like, off the top of your head suggestions, I think we should bring this episode to a close. We will. You know, I feel this is easily one we could do a sequel to, because I know as soon as we clock off here, I'm going to be like, oh, I should have mentioned that. Totally. But if you aren't ready for the show to end, then I suggest you go over to patreon.com slash comfop, because there's a spin-off show called One Shots. We just talk about other stuff, but with the same momentum of this show. So I would highly recommend you check it out. See the tiers. See if anything's right for you. But there mm-hmm. is a bonus show. It's a podcast that's only available on that Patreon that comes out of the show. And uh, so you should check it out. In addition to checking things out, I just want to pl- plug this one more time right before I do that. Adam Gross says, stop watching Joel to come here and watch Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. But good. But make sure to add him to your watch later list so you can watch him some more. Um, Indeed. Never uh, not watch. We launched a new show called Comic Pop Draws, where the team draws superheroes from memory. It's a lot of fun. Tiffany Curry is so proud of the show. We're really happy with how it came out. And I don't think it's getting nearly as much love as it should. Uh, I think it's a really, really well put together show, if I can say so myself. It's a killer concept. Thank you. I agree. Uh, and I think you're really going to like it. If you like this channel, if you like this show, you might really enjoy watching us trying to draw. Uh, and failing miserably at it. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and we'd like to keep it going, but we need the show to actually do well in order to do mm-hmm. that. So, thanks a lot for watching, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. Of course, I am Sal. And I'm Joel. And we'll see you guys later. So long. Bye-bye. <laughs>